0: Welcome to The Engaging Life, a podcast about using engagement equity to improve your relationship building skills in your personal and professional life. And now, here are your hosts, Brandon Suba and Angela Cheney.
1: Hello everyone, Angela Cheney here along with
0: Brandon Suba,
1: your hosts of The Engaging Life podcast, is it? That- Hosts or host and hostess? Oh, we're what, the hostess what is, what is with the
0: mostest. Oh, that,
1: that old chestnut, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I know that
0: saying. I know that old <laughs> well, chestnut good. saying. That's good.
1: I'm glad. Uh, well, today we get to talk about my favorite thing in the world.
0: Which is... Not
1: drinking. Every... Not gambling. Maybe my third favorite thing in the world. Psychology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You were, yeah. I thought you were going to
0: say the topic because you love uh-huh. every topic. But yes, psychology. psychology is...
1: It's. I always love digging down deep and seeing what's behind things and why we do what we do, and it's just uh, probably why I got a degree in psychology.
0: I like it because I learn a lot about myself and things that I do every day, and then you kind of put a name to it, Uh-huh. and, and it really brings it in perspective.
1: Well, hopefully you'll learn some things today, as will our listeners and viewers. Oh, if, viewers? Um, what do you mean viewers? Oh, we have a YouTube channel. Oh, well, son
0: of a biscuit, we do.
1: We do, and so if you would like to see us as well as listen to us, uh, please tune into that YouTube channel. So today we're going to be talking about what prevents us from using engagement equity. And of course, engagement equity means that you are doing things first for people. You are making deposits into their account. You're building the relationship rather than asking for things, rather than assuming other people are going to do things for you. So, you know, basically being a good human being.
0: Oh, that's a... New novel concept. ideas, yeah.
1: But there are plenty of reasons why this is tough. Most of those reasons are not just because we're A-holes, although that's <laughs> possible too. It comes
0: off that way, I'm yeah. sure, right?
1: There are so many reasons why people do the things that they do, positive and negative. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to look at it in a non judgmental way because it's so easy to be, this person did X, Y, Z, they're a jerk. You know, and just assume that when... A well, lot of the times, that's not it.
0: What What happened on my drive here? I got into mm-hmm. another lane. And somebody honked at me, and, and I was like, "Well, you could have calmed down and slowed down." And I put it on
1: them. Did you Did you call them a name? Because I am a infamous name caller when I'm driving.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I had mm-hmm. I had um my daughter and her friends, so the name was not inappropriate, mm. but definitely. Now, do you flip people off?
1: No. I don't either. No. I think that's horrible. I think that's terrible. That's 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 it, road ragey. I I was which it's you shouldn't be calling them names either, but at least they don't know. They don't know, correct? <laughs> right? No, I mean, that's
0: in tr- I was. Uh, it was an early morning drive back in my travel days, and it, I just passed this utility truck or van, and like there was never any negative whatsoever. But he just had his middle finger out his window, just holding it up, and it kind of ruined my dick. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't do rude. anything
1: to you. That is rude. But uh, but you know that that is just kind of an a holy thing to it, do.
0: That's an a hole. Yes. But yes. Uh,
1: but no, I don't do that, and I'm glad you don't do. that I either. don't. That's nope. terrible. Nope. So what prevents us from using engagement equity? So the first thing I want to talk about is habits and perceptions. All right. So a habit forms for a reason. It's because we need to free up space to make actual life decisions. Okay. And if there's too many decisions going on in your head, you are taking up too much brain space. And you got no room for anything, so that's why a lot of people eat the same thing for breakfast every day. I do. Uh, why they have their clothes set out for them, or they know what they're going to be wearing on a certain day. They eat the same thing for. I, I talked about eating a lot, but um, or they have it in their head. They're programmed to go to the gym at a certain time. Ooh. Because and I do that. That's a good habit. Because I wake up, it goes off, and it's you have to go. No thinking, no negotiating. You just go. Mm-hmm. And and so when you form those habits. Uh, that can be good, but they can be bad. they can be bad, bad habits, habits too. And so, about eighty percent of the decisions we make are usually on autopilot.
0: Oh sure, and, and we don't realize a lot we of them. Don't, right? Yeah, we
1: don't realize it. So, so taking a look at what the habits are that you have formed and saying this is a good habit, I'm going to keep it. This is a bad habit, I need to break it. Hmm. Is very important, but. Don't try and do a whole bunch at a time (laughs) because, again, you only have so much brain space. So focus on one habit. And the habits that we form tend to revolve around our tendencies. And I don't know if you've heard about the four tendencies. Uh, Gretchen Rubin, who wrote a wonderful book called The Happiness Project. That was her first one. Uh, I believe she's written three or four more now. One of them is called The Four Tendencies. Okay. So the, the basics of this book is all of us fall into one of these four tendencies. Upholders. Okay. Obligers, rebels, and questioners. So an upholder is someone who is really um, focused on, if I say I'm going to do something, I am going to do it because they are responsible mainly to themselves. Mm -hmm. So that is somebody who says, I said I was going to go to the gym at five o'clock And that is a promise to myself. I am not going to break it. That's an upholder. (laughs) I'm
0: not an upholder. Okay.
1: And then you've got your obliger who needs outside influence. I told Jenny I would meet her at the gym at five o'clock. I can't let Jenny down.
0: Oh. That is
1: an uh, obliger. Okay. And then you have what I am, which is a questioner, which is, I'll do something if you can prove to me why I should do it. Okay. Or if I can figure out the reason for doing it. So if you tell me you need to uh, vote on XYZ, this, and I won't say, yes, I will go do that. I won't say, hell no, I'm not going to do that. I will say, tell me more about it and convince me why I should do that. And if I decide, yeah, that's a good thing to do, that's worth my time, I'll go do it. Okay. If I decide, yeah, not so much, then I won't. So I am a questioner. And then the last one is a rebel. And that is, no matter what you tell me to do, whether it's good for me or not... I'm not going to do it,
0: oh, so I don't know where I fall into this
1: i would I would say you're a bit of an obliger,
0: yeah, that's yeah, well, but I feel bad making people do stuff, so I do it, right, isn't that like well, no, because I have a whole thing about having a network buddy, like yeah. if you got a network like i i'm I'm fine to be like, oh gosh, I have so many other things to do, but if I have somebody that, okay, yep, obliger, no, nope, yeah, good, yep, I, is, this, I love to learn about myself here,
1: yeah. So, so that a lot of things revolve around that. We build habits around that. Okay. And so knowing those things are great because if you know you're a obliger, you know that you need an outside person to kind of keep you on track. You know, you're an upholder. You know that I can just make this promise to myself and I'm going to keep it, you know? So knowing those things about yourself. So me knowing that I'm a questioner, I know I have to think things through and get to the point where I say, okay, I see why I should do that now. And then I'll do it.
0: Okay.
1: If you're a rebel, you're just kind of a pain in the ass
0: but yeah, see, I'm glad neither for survival <laughs> or rebels. you you
1: need to to get someone to tell you to do the opposite so that you'll actually do it. <laughs> have they jo- have what you done have you done that with
0: with your kids? Have you oh, ever of done the opposite reverse and then, psychology? then they, yep, yep. Oh, I it, use Isabel's reverse psychology getting to the age that reverse psychology works cuz yeah. I mean, Charlotte's 4, so reverse psychology is the only way to get her to do things. Oh, let's race upstairs mm-hmm. when she didn't want to go take a bath mm-hmm. and now she's ready to go.
1: Reverse psychology is a beautiful thing. <laughs> So that's habits. The other one, perception. Perception is such an interesting concept to me because we all have a different perception. And I'm going to read something to you. I'm going to have to read it twice. We live our lives not how we think of ourselves or how we think or how others think of us, but how we think that others think of us. Okay, you're going to read it again, right? I'm going to read it it again. again. We live our lives not how we think of ourselves, or how others think of us, but how we think that others think of us. So we're going through our life with basically a double blind mm-hmm. situation going on here. I know who I am, but I think that they think I'm like this. And it colors all that you do and how you react to people. And it's just, it's really amazing because most of the time, it's not true.
0: <laughs> how well, but,
1: how we think that others se, think right, of us well, we think, people. Yeah. isn't, isn't really true. And I remember once, and, and you'll enjoy this story because, uh, because it was a, a B&I story. Oh. So I was the education coordinator in B&I. I always seem to go into that role for whatever I, reason.
0: Well, oh, go figure. And here we are doing podcasts. Uh-huh.
1: And so one of my um, activities was that everybody was supposed to anonymously write three words about everyone else in the group. And then the, each person would get all of the words that people were using to describe them without knowing who had said it. Hmm. And so I wanted it to be like a perception. You know, right. it's like, especially someone with low self-esteem, they get a bunch back that says educated, attractive, whatever. Everybody was so uncomfortable. Yes! So, un- yes. and a lot of people wouldn't do it. Some would only put down one. I mean, it was probably one of the most uncomfortable. I mean, I was were all you for it. it? I, well, I was like, this didn't work out. I thought everybody be so into it like I was. But sometimes a lot of people really don't want to know what others think of them. Yeah. But they have it in their head. I mean, there's always something there. Even if it's not a conscious thought, I think if I had to tell you right now what I think Dan thinks of me, I could tell you. Right. You know, I think we all have a perception. And uh, most of the time it's off sometimes completely skewed sometimes just barely off
0: well you're making an assumption mm-hmm. right and and you're you're basically creating feelings of what the other people are feeling cuz i use perception is reality all the mm-hmm. time especially with my kids as Absolutely they're getting is, older yeah. and stuff but i never really thought of perception is reality but now I'm trying to think what that person's reality is. And then, I mean, yeah, that's the complete opposite of the platinum just, rule, isn't it?
1: so much that goes into then you can talk yourself into anything. And then it's very easy to convince yourself, I don't need to uh, do something for this person because they hate me anyway. Uh, yeah. Or they think I'm this way or whatever it is. You know, that you're saying so. Um, and another thing about perception, and this is kind of a broader topic. This is Brene Brown, who I love. You love. I reference Brene Brown girl. a lot. But she's saying that most of us either perceive people, and by people I mean, you know, your collective people, okay, not okay. certain people. Do we perceive people as being good or bad? And usually... I mean, there's a spectrum, of course. Right. But for the most part, I think people have one or two. You know, people are generally good. They're trying to do good things. They're doing the best that they can. Yeah, they fail sometimes, but people are generally good. And then you've got people are out to get you. They're going to screw you any way they can. You've got those, two. So what Brene Brown says is our lives are much happier when we truly believe that people are doing the best they can with the tools they currently have. Ooh. Which I love that last part because it's so easy to say, I can't believe they didn't know I Y, Z. I can't believe they didn't, I can't believe they because we've got the tools in our head, mm-hmm. which are our intelligence, our skills, our upbringing, our education, whatever it may be. Other people don't have those same tools. They have different tools. And so being able to say people are generally doing the best best that they can with the tools they currently have it is a much happier life it takes a lot of the sting you know out of things like they did this but that's that's the best they could do at this point right for whatever reason it's the best they could do so when you think that way it's so much easier to give value to people and to make the deposits Hmm. because you're like everybody's struggling everybody's (sighs) Got their issues. I think they're doing the best they can. It's okay to give them a little boost.
0: That's No, that is a good mindset. And I even try to play the game, uh, what you see on social media is not what people's lives are. Oh, gosh, no. So don't just make assumptions that this – like me – well, I'm generally always happy. But, I mean, I have my bad days, right? Yeah. And I think, though, if you scroll through my Facebook, you would just think I'm the happiest man alive and nothing ever goes wrong in my life. I
1: think there's two types of people that post a lot on Facebook. One is that one, the perception of we are the happiest family in the world. And all we do is travel and love yeah, each other. Yes. There's that one. And then there's the, I'm so sad. I'm so this. Having a bad day. You know? Uh,
0: what is it? Just like the four word post that's not clear on anything. Yeah. Well, maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You're like, trying to, trying to get attention. Either yep. trying to get attention or trying to portray an image.
0: Which is getting attention, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, really?
0: It's, it's yeah. all about just the getting kind of attention. Ch-
1: two sides to the same coin. So habits and perception are the first things...
0: That hold you back. <laughs> that,
1: that prevent you from using engagement equity. Next, I want to go into fear and attachment styles. Oh, yes. I like fear. So when there's something that hinders you from engaging with others, it is usually based on fear. And... Usually it's not the first thing you think you're afraid of. So Mm. if you do do a little bit of digging into, you know, I have an aversion to talking to this person or I get triggered when I talk to this person, what am I afraid of? And usually the first thing that comes to mind will be kind of a surface thing. You know, I I don't want to engage with my family right now because I don't feel like they're including me. Okay. Okay. What am I afraid of? I'm afraid of not being included. Okay. Well, then let's take that a step further. What are you really afraid of? I'm afraid if I'm not included that um, they're going to not want me in the family anymore. Okay, but what are you really afraid of? I'm afraid I'm not good enough to be in this family. That's what I was thinking, yeah. You know, and sometimes you dig down one or two levels and it's, aha, that's it. Sometimes it's six, seven, eight levels down. Of what you're really, really afraid of, because all of us have those fears, mm-hmm. the fear of not being good enough, fear of being abandoned, fear of not being respected, fear of you know whatever it is. but a lot of times when we think about what we're afraid of, the first thing that comes to mind is not the real thing
0: mm, I like that
1: it's the surface thing, so continually asking, what are you really afraid of? What are you really afraid of? and again it's not we're not talking about spiders right. we're not talking no. about shark attacks. we are talking about those deep down fears of.
0: Although, I do kind of wonder, uh, we took a quick little day vacation yesterday to Adventureland in Iowa. Fun. It is a blast. But they had clowns there, and the people, the, the kids I was with, they were talking about, oh, people are scared of clowns. Did you know that? So I, I don't know. I think some of those fears are well, uh, driven you're... off of things we don't understand why.
1: Sure, but you're afraid of clowns. That's not what you're really afraid of. You're probably afraid for your safety.
0: Oh, I see. You're probably right. afraid, you know. Right. You're just
1: not afraid of... Cl- Same with spiders. You're afraid you're going to get bit and it's going to hurt or it's going to cause something. You're afraid, you, <laughs> do you know? know.
0: Do you know what the biggest fear of nine-year-olds are right now? What? Being stung by a bee or a wasp. I don't know why. I finally started asking them, like, how many times have you been stung? And they're like, never. I'm like, why are you so I know. scared I feel, of it?
1: Honestly, that, that's what it feels like in that really that's, that's pretty much it. Well, and
0: if you're allergic, it's a different story. But you well, won't know sure, if you're allergic until you
1: get stung. like one in? I don't know any stats about how many people are really allergic <laughs> to bees. So I get was going to throw one you out. Were about to get one. I was going to do some fake statistics. Oh no, it, right it's there. one
0: in every 73. seventy-three thousand Beat stings. No, no, <laughs> mm. there's yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: hundred that one
1: somewhere <laughs> between seventy-three and seventy-three thousand. Is Sounds about right. No, I, that's I read that's that. accurate. I read that. That's accurate. That's very accurate. So, so fears, that's a big one. The next one is attachment styles. And this comes from a very, very good book called Attached. Good name. <laughs> Sounds right. Good name for a book on attachment <laughs> styles. Uh, but it's about adult attachment. So basically, this book is saying we form our attachment styles very, very, very early in life. Like before we have conscious memories. Oh. So you've pretty much got your attachment style set by the time you're about two. Hmm. And it's all based on how you were parented. Uh and, and it can it can be overparenting, where you know, every time you made a sniffle your mom or dad picked you up and mm-hmm. it can be under parenting, you were ignored, <laughs> you
0: Here's, oh. order some pizza, we're going out. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one. Or it can be secure, which means you were appropriately responded to mm. when you had distress calls. Okay? okay. But so people are going to grow up, they're going to be either secure, which means you have a proper level of when we're together, it's good. And then when we're apart, I know that, that um, I, you can still be trusted, be and yep. it's going to be fine, and we'll come back together, and it's just a very secure style. Okay. Then you've got avoidant, and the avoidant style is somebody gets too close to me, I'm going to push them back because I'm afraid of being too close.
0: Ah. Uh, so. And that, they struggle with, re- the, not that, those people tend mm, to struggle with relationships, right? Absolutely.
1: Yep. Both anxious, or avoidant, that one was avoidant. Yep. And anxious also s- struggles because that's the you're going to leave me, you're going to leave me, you're going to leave oh, me. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. And unfortunately, what usually happens is anxious attracts avoidant. <laughs> so you got all these secure people over here having wonderful relationships while all these other a-holes are over here <laughs> <laughs> finding the exact wrong person for us oh because then you get this cycle. Anxious gets anxious, avoidant puts up a wall, which makes anxious more anxious, and it just spirals. (laughs) Now, most of us are a combination. Always. And so my style is secure anxious, which means most of the time I'm secure, but if a trigger gets flipped, that's when my anxious comes out, and my husband is secure avoidant. Mm. So we have worked very, very, because most of the time we're fine. We're right as rain. Sure. One of us gets triggered. It triggers the other one's st- bad style, and then it's just boom, 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 because I'm like, love me, love me, love me. Where are you going? He's like, get the hell away from me. What are you doing? And it can spiral very, very, very easily.
0: So I got a shocker for you. What's
1: that? <laughs> well, it's you're like anxious? Todd,
0: and I'm like you.
1: Yeah, I, that would have been my guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. And that's usually how it is, whether it's that's your full style or whether you're mostly secure but in times of distress, really this shows. other thing comes out. And, and most of the time, it's going to be one and the other. Mm-hmm. And they're going to play off each other in not a good way. <laughs> so once that gets triggered, you know, okay, we're secure. Everything's fine. I'm great giving value to my husband when we're like that. Right. Once I get anxious, all bets are off. Once he gets avoidant, yep. now he becomes, whatever you want me to do right now, I am not going to do oh. it.
0: And then I love the avoidant. You get anxious because they're avoiding you. So then you are like, how can I fix this just real quick? And then we're back to normal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because anxious is like that. I want to fix it right away. That's exactly how I am. And Todd is like, we don't need to talk about this right now because. Yes. Either part of his secure comes in saying, I know we'll fix it later. Or it's the bad avoidant saying, I don't want to talk to you right now. You're annoying me. Yep. So those attachment styles, once those bad ones get triggered, really gets in your way. Of, of giving value. so yeah, you don't want to make
0: any deposits. No, or no, even, even give a withdrawal when you're in those positions. No,
1: those are bad places to be. But the good thing is, even though we grow up like that, you can start to alter them. So hmm. through good relationships, through learning, I've become much more secure. Good. You know, the anxious is still there. Right. So it's always going to be there, but it's much, much less. It gets triggered much less. Good. So it is possible to get better. Uh, the next, just being human <laughs> You know, I I think all of us like to think that you know humans are good and they want to give and they, but humans are very very flawed.
0: Uh, don't you say uh, humans? Don't you always focus on yourself? Is so that... that's
1: the very first thing we.
0: Oh yeah, okay, We can perfect.
1: only see things from our own perspective. That's just how we're set up. I can't, as much as I say I'm going to walk in your shoes or have empathy or whatever, you can't. You absolutely cannot see from anybody else's perspective. You haven't
0: had my experiences. You don't have my emotions. You you could walk in my shoes and it's going to treat you totally different than how it treats me.
1: Yes. So really the only perspective we have is our own and it is colored by our attachment styles. It's colored by our tendencies. (laughs) It's colored by our childhoods. It's colored by everything. So it's very, 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 very difficult to step outside of that and say, wait a minute, they might be seeing things this way. Mm -hmm. They might be seeing things this way, and that's why they're reacting like this. It's really hard.
0: I feel being a parent, you can't really stress yourself out if you're doing this correct or not, because you could do everything correct. And if you're watching YouTube, you saw my quotes for once, uh, correct. And it could still screw the kids up really well, right?
1: (laughs) Well, and there is a lot of uh, study on trauma and that – even good parenting, there's traumas. Yes. The kids have trauma whether it's not parenting related at all, it's kids at school or yep. or even just n- neglecting a kid to answer a phone call when they wanna play a game with you, that can be enough to induce some trauma.
0: I think and a death in the family. Because you never know how someone was... You never knew the relationship mm-hmm. they had with that person. Because I've seen some deaths, like their great uncle or something, and they fall off the wagon. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you've never mentioned this person yeah. once. But yeah. that doesn't
1: matter. It's very complex. Trauma is very complex. Very complex. Yeah. So being human, we only have that perspective. Also, humans are biologically programmed to protect ourselves and a lot of that time's that means putting up a wall it means keeping people at bay it means not saying how we feel it means there are all kinds of layers mm-hmm. of protection and we evolved that way because you got to protect yourself right yep and and some of that is you know back in back in the caveman days you know a stranger came in most of the time they were there to kill, kill you, you. <laughs>
0: I don't know why we both knew that. Yep,
1: yep. And, and so while that may be getting less and less, we still have that stranger danger. We still have the something's uh, different, something's not what I expect it to be. It triggers fear and it triggers a uh, protection.
0: So uh, I read this. Couldn't tell you where because I'm not good at citing things. Mm-hmm. And I promise it wasn't in a book. But uh, why parents are so tired when you first have your kid, is because every room you walk into, you are analyzing everything that could go wrong to protect your child. Mm-hmm. So it's not lack of sleep, although that plays into it. Hypervigilance. No. Yeah, it's because you're sitting there playing in the living room, and before the child, this was fine. Mm-hmm. Playing my video games, that was cool. But now it's, oh, the fireplace is on. Oh, the, somebody left a knife yes. out on the countertop. They could get to it. And that really put in perspective to me... Like, yeah, I'm just trying to protect my child. And it's exhausting.
1: And hypervigilance is actually a a trauma response. And it's something I still deal with from things in my childhood because I always had to be scanning for danger
0: Uh, mm -hmm.
1: because I was in a situation where danger was always there and I had to to always navigate and and do the threat level to protect myself. And though I'm not there anymore... I'm still hypervigilant. and what it comes out as, I'm always scanning for how am I being left out, how am I being in danger, how am I oh. being, and you f- always find things. Of
0: course, of course. When,
1: you, when that is true, it's like the fight and flight response is always it's always turned on. It's always <laughs> You're turned always on. Ready to it fight. is. It's it's exhausting. Actually, I'm I'm more of a flight. I'm more of a flight nah, type person. Me too. No, me too. <laughs> Whether that's actually leaving the situation or shutting down. I'm not a fight person.
0: I'm not good at shutting down. I'm too loud.
1: I'm, yeah, well.
0: I just like to leave. I'm,
1: I'm a good shutter downer. <laughs> you should, shut that down. <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but pretty good shutter downer. So being human, all those things uh, prevent us from using engagement equity. And then finally, limiting beliefs and mindset, which I could probably do 18 shows on this, but we'll just go through them really quickly. If you have not read the book Mindset by Carol S. Dweck, It is literally (laughs) life-changing. Literally. Literally. Literally life-changing. And it it explains the difference between a limiting mindset and now, of course, I can't remember the other one. Sorry, growth versus fixed. That's what it is. Okay. Growth versus fixed. And I went into this book the way I go into a lot of psychology books saying this is just going to reinforce my good growth mindset. Oh, no. Nope. (laughs) I start reading I'm like, holy. Mm. I have a fixed mindset. I have the bad oh, one. Man. I have the bad one. And and basically what it is, is a fixed mindset is this is what I have. These are the tools that I have. And this is the way it's going to be. It, there's not a lot of growth. There's not a, I can be better than this. I can. Yeah. But mine was coming out in a weird way, which is if I was challenged on things, I wouldn't do extra work. Because that was saying I'm not good enough that my first try wasn't good enough. And this really wow. came out with my with my writing. I am a mm. terrible, terrible, terrible editor, rewriter of my own stuff because I do it and then I'm like, this is great. This is <laughs> and if somebody tells me to rewrite it, I'm like, that's challenging yeah. my belief that I'm a good writer, which is ridiculous because nobody writes
0: Your first shot.
1: Nobody. Nobody, nobody. But that was really biting me in the butt. And it did in college, too. Like, part of my grade was you had to show multiple drafts of things. And I'd be like, (laughs) no, this is perfect. What, you tell me I'm not a good writer, that this isn't good enough? (laughs) Of course, when I was actually pushed and made to do it, Mm. which in one class, which was my poetry class, I would just go back and write shitty drafts previous get to your good yes <laughs> to get your original which amazingly i didn't get a great grade in that class <laughs> oh i mean and never became a poet but uh my other one was a, a playwriting class and i wrote my one act play which i was like oh here it is and there and they did a critique and let's change it and i was just like At first, it was like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. But the end goal or the end product was so much better. I actually won a contest. Wow. It got produced in the theater. Holy smokes. But the first version wouldn't have. Right. But that is where my uh, fixed mindset comes in. It's If somebody challenges, your mindset is not, oh, I can do better and make myself even better. It's, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. This wasn't good enough at first. And so that was hugely... Hugely change, changing for me.
0: i in my opinion, more and more people have a fixed mindset yes. on everything now. Yeah. And it's, I think that's a good verbiage to kind of explain the challenges we have as we are mm-hmm. growing as human beings. Is everybody is falling into that fixed mindset, mm-hmm. but they think they are not.
1: Yeah. Hmm. And fixed mindset, probably one of the biggest hallmarks of that is defensiveness. What? Yeah. I've never
0: heard anyone yeah. get defensive. I've never
1: been no. defensive. No. But uh, mindset, Carol S. Dweck.
0: Uh, yeah. Read sounds it. Sounds like a winner.
1: Um, so the growth mindset is all about getting past limiting beliefs because we all have them. Mm-hmm. And a limiting belief, an example of that would be I'm not good enough to go to college. I'm not smart enough to get a Ph.D., Um, I'm not, I can't make a hundred thousand dollars a year because I wasn't educated. Hmm. So anything like that, that's going to hold you back. A lot of people have that in their head and they can't get over it. And so they will actively do things to sabotage themselves (laughs) so that it matches up with that limiting mindset. And sometimes it can be as much as I'm not good enough to be loved and there. And so those are the type of people, if that's really their mindset or their belief, they're going to actively sabotage any other person's try at loving them. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's really sad. And and I've seen it in people close to me. I've seen it in myself sometimes. I don't have that yeah. over I have a little bit of it. But when you see the people that really have it, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It is. Because they honestly believe that. And rather than try and change the belief... They're going to arrange their reality so it matches the belief.
0: I think that plays big in religion because I hear, you know, as I'm trying to grow in my faith, but I hear a lot of, and it's okay to believe that God can love you. And I'm just like, I've never had that go through. I'm like, yeah. I just assume like, cause that's just how right. it goes. But it is so easy You know, you lose the most important person in your life who took him, God, and boom, now. Sure. You know, or I can't be loved because I grew up in this home of horribleness and this is just the way it's supposed to be. I can't be loved because
1: I did something bad. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, a lot of people have that or they have the, I can't be successful or they have the, I Uh, can't X, Y, Z. People
0: tell people that stuff too, don't they? Mm -hmm. Don't they like plant it in? Oh, there's no way you can be successful in this field because you don't know what Uh, you're doing.
1: People don't just come upon these things (laughs) by themselves. Usually it is parenting,
0: (laughs) you know, (laughs) and sometimes
1: it's even a parent trying to be good, you know? So like when it comes to this growth fixed, I read some of that stuff where I'm like, I'm doing great as a parent. And then I was like, oh, my goodness, no. <laughs> because it's focused, um, when you focus on achievement rather than effort, you are developing a fixed mindset in your child. Really? hmm Because you're saying that the yeah. only time they, they should be proud is when they got the A, which is what? Out of their control. hmm Because that's saying whether you cheated and put no work into it and got an A, Yay for you. Yeah. Or whether you put eight hours of work into this and gotten the same result, you had no control over it. So what you should be doing is focusing on the effort, whether they got an A or a C or whatever. I'm so proud that you put all that work into researching. And I know you stayed up late last night Hmm. and, and did more, you went above and beyond. I'm really proud of that. So focusing more on.
0: What did you do to get The
1: effort that goes into something rather than the result is is one of the best ways to develop a growth mindset in your child.
0: Huh. and I think of how many sports children are more focused on winning yeah. than putting in the work. Yeah. But I do feel parents that are driven to have their children win, they do encourage the practice. Like they know right. if you don't go practice swinging your bat, you're not going to be the best Correct. baseball player. But ever. what is what is the but it is the focused end goal you're is. doing this to win. Right not let's do this to get to where you can be in a winning status right look at that i reworded it just right that was right. fantastic thank you i loved it and use that one later yes
1: so <laughs> limiting beliefs and mindset are huge so basically this whole episode has been about understanding and the more you can understand yourself the more you can understand others and then the more empathy you'll have the more you can see things from a different situation and the, and the more you can really ask what is preventing me from putting a deposit into this account right now? What is preventing me from listening? What is preventing me from using the Platinum Rule? And then you can start to work on things. We're never going to be perfect. Nope. I always focus on, and I use this, this word all the time. I journal a lot. It helps me. And as long as I can put the word progress. Nice. Progress. Pro- <laughs> as long as things are getting a little bit better in some area. Then I'm okay with it.
0: If you're always moving, you'll eventually get to where you need to be.
1: Wherever that may be.
0: That's driving. I use that in moving driving a Moving target. Lot. Moving target. I use it in golf. Oh. A moving <laughs> like target. I
1: can't, uh, no, I can't remember who I golfed with, but every time I would hit a crappy shot, he'd be like, forward progress.
0: Nice.
1: <laughs> forward what progress. If it, Even I've if actually, it went that far. I was going to say, forward I've had balls progress. go
0: backwards. And it's, you know. <laughs> I've had
1: that in bowling.
0: Uh, yeah, no, mm-hmm. I think I've done that, too. yeah mm-hmm. Not forward
1: progress. Not forward progress. Oh, so thank you, everyone, for, for listening and watching today. Uh, we would love for you to follow, share, rate, subscribe. subscribe, all that good stuff so that you can continue to be engaged in, in the Engaging Life. Life podcast. I like that. So Angela and Brandon here saying thank you, and we look forward to talking to you next time.